There is a power for every name the devil has. There's also the flip side. God is always stronger. God is always bigger. And God is always in the charge of giving more than enough. Uh, we got a lot of emails and text messages, even though from a lot of Christians. And uh, even today, they ask me the question, Pastor, just let me know, why in the world? I'm a Christian. I follow God. Uh, I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. And I'm very obedient. Why in the world? I feel sometimes I'm not in the sweet spot. I feel sometimes I'm not, I'm not in the blessing zone. Or sometimes I have a nightmare. I wake up in the morning and I have a picture of... As somebody in the unseen world is holding me back somehow, I want to run for God, I want to be fast, I want to be in the blessing zone, but something is hindering me in the unseen world and I, I have no clue what it is. And I think often we experience those feelings in our life and I want to start with a story about a young lady. She experienced exactly that picture and to the power of the Holy Spirit, she experienced a get-free moment where Jesus Christ set her free because there is always power in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give Sarah a round of applause. Thanks, Sarah, for sharing your story. Come on. Yeah. In, since a few generations, we have addiction in my family. And I'm talking about real obvious addictions as drugs or alcohol. But in my personal life, this pattern showed up much more hidden. That's why it took me a really, really long time to, to, to realize what the problem was. I, was person, I, yeah, I personally was emotionally addicted to other people. My self-worth was determined by what they thinking or saying about me. And that brought me into really unhealthy relationships. For example, my friendships. I put some of my friends on a really, really high platform. And for fear of being rejected, I began to, to define myself by performance. I always had to deliver perfectly. It didn't matter what I was doing or what, yeah, where I was. And then Jesus showed me my problem. It was this addiction. And when I realized this pattern, I experienced a real breakthrough. And you know, this always to, to, to be perfect, it was really exhausting. And I don't remember a day in the last one and a half years on which I didn't woke up without feeling completely destroyed. I cried often because I couldn't move forward. I had exactly this picture of holding back. But when I experienced this breakthrough last week, <laughs> I can tell you my tiredness is so much better and something in my heart changed because Jesus showed me again who I am. He is the one who's determining my worth and nobody else. And I think this breakthrough is just the beginning of something really new. And, you know, I just began to listen to his voice and not the voice of others. Thanks, Sarah, for sharing your very honest story. Today, I want to speak about curse and blessing. I know, I know a lot of people say, say we are in the new government. The, the curse has no meaning for us anymore. And often we mix two things. If you're born again, your name is written in the book of life. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Nobody can take away your salvation. 
There's a difference between salvation and the lifestyle. And in the lifestyle, they can open a small door that demons and even the devil can sneak in. And in one area, you can be really um, bonded and not set free. And this is what we want to share tonight. How can we be set free to the power of the cross of Jesus Christ? And I love the picture of the table. We started that preaching series with the table. Because in Psalm 23, the Bible says, in, in front of the enemies or in the eyes of the enemies, God has prepared a table in front of our enemies. Everyone, we have some enemies. The devil is our enemy. And the moment I sat at the table, the curse has no meaning because I am blessed and I'm set free. I belong to the kingdom of God. But I have a choice. I can make a choice to get up and walk away from the table and stepping into a zone where the devil has an influence and also a power. God has given us a choice from the beginning. When Adam and Eve was in the Garden Eden, for example, there was a lot of trees with good fruits and there were one tree and God says, if you eat from that tree, you will be cursed. God is saying, hey guys, it's your choice. I cannot make the choice for you, the decision for you. It's your choice. And Adam and Eve, unfortunately, they failed. We can read this in the, in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. To Adam, he said, because you listen to your wife. Usually, listening to the wife is a good thing, right? But not in that case. You ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you. You must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through the painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce the thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles means in the Bible actually curse. Thorns and thistles means sickness, sadness, suffering, a lot of challenges, and all of a sudden a curse sneaks in. Thorns and thistles is a curse. And here's good news. When Jesus Christ hung on that cross on my behalf, and every symbol on the cross has a meaning. Jesus Christ wore a crown of thorns. Have you ever wondered why a crown of thorns, not with gold and silver? This was the link to the Old Testament. Jesus Christ was saying to you and me on the cross, I died on your behalf. Not only that, all the curses in your life from all the generation, I took on me so that you can be set free. And that's an amazing message. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, he stopped and killed the curse was spoken over you and me. That's why we can be and we will be set free. You have to understand, there's still there's a choice to make. I want to go into an amazing story when I prepared the message. And I never, I never saw it in that way when the people of God... God was saying, I want to lead you out from Egypt into the promised land. There's always a promised land in our life. In Genesis chapter, um, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 and 29... Look, today I'm giving you the choice. Can you see we have a choice between a blessing and a curse? When the Lord your God brings you into the land and helps you to take positions of it, you must pronounce the blessing at the Mount Gerizim and the curse at the Mount Ebal. Here is two things, two mountains, and the people of God, they were in the middle of two mountains, the Mount Gerizim and the Mount Ebal. And God is saying to them, you stand on the top of the mountain, in one mountain you pronounce all the blessings I want to give you. And this was the blessings 
that God has spoken over the people of God. And please listen to the amazing blessings of God. Make sure you obey the Lord your God completely. Be careful to follow all of His commands. I'm giving them to you today. If you do those things, the Lord will honor you more than all of the other nations on earth. If you obey the Lord your God, here are the blessings that will come to you and remain with you. You will be blessed in the cities. You will be blessed out in the country. Your children will be blessed. Your crops will be blessed. The young animals among your livestock will be blessed. That includes your calves and lambs. Your baskets and bread pans will be blessed. You will be blessed no matter where you go. Enemies will rise up against you, but the Lord will help you win the battle over them. They will come at you from one direction, but they'll run away from you in seven directions. The Lord your God will bless your barns with plenty of grain and other food. He will bless everything you do. He will bless you in the land He has given you. The Lord your God will make you His holy people. He will set you apart for Himself. He took an oath and promised to do that. He promised to do if you would keep His commands and live exactly as He wants you to live. Can you imagine it was a very, very unique moment. God is saying, if you follow me, all those blessings will happen to you. It's enthusiasm, abundance, health, victories, fruitfulness in all the areas and God's flavor. And the people say, yes, God, come in. I want to do this. I want to have this. God never said, I have made a decision for you and this will be added to you. God said to them, you have to decide like Adam and Eve if you wanna have that. Then in the other side of the mountain, the Mount Ebal, God said, you stand on the mountain tip and you proclaim the curse, what will happen if you made a decision not following me. And here is the curses they will come if we are not falling glad. And please listen, it's very crazy. And I know everyone will say, I don't wanna have that. But this is the Bible. But suppose you don't obey the Lord your God, and you aren't careful to follow all of His commands and rules I'm giving you today. Then He will send curses on you. They'll catch up with you. Here are those curses. You will be cursed in the cities. You will be cursed out in the country. Your baskets and bread pans will be cursed. Your children will be cursed. Your crops will be cursed. Your calves and lambs will be cursed. You will be cursed no matter where you go. The Lord will send curses on you. You won't know what's going on in everything you do. He will be angry with you. You will be destroyed suddenly and completely. That will happen because you did an evil thing when you deserted the Lord. He'll bring on you all of the sicknesses you were afraid of getting when you were in Egypt. You won't be able to get rid of them. In the morning you will say, 
we wish it were evening. In the evening you will say, we wish it were morning. Your hearts will be filled with fear. Then things you see will terrify you. When you hear all those things, you say, oh my gosh, Pastor Leo, I, I, I don't like that. I, don't, I will never choose that mountain. God is saying to them, guys, you have, a, you have a choice to make, actually. He's saying frustration will come financially, hardship will come, diseases and also accidents will come in your life. And God said to the people of God, you stand in the middle of these two mountains. And I will not choose, uh, make a decision for you guys. It's your choice. It's your decision. And nobody in the world will say, God, bring all the curses. We want to have a blessed life, right? And now comes the question, why in the world we have to make a decision? Because often we think, when I sin, I just can ask God forgiveness. And some people right now, they will say, hey, Pastor Leo, we are in a new, this, this is a new covenant of God. All those curses from the Old Testament, they have no power anymore because you're following Jesus Christ. And often we mix two things that our name is written in the book of life, but our lifestyle has still a big impact of a blessing to come for many generations. And Pastor Michael will share with you, us guys, what is the effect if we are not obedient according to the Word of God? Yes, thank you, Leo. The question is clear to all of us. Can we as Christians still sin? If I look at my own life, I know the answer and the probably think that you have the same answer in your life. Of course we can still sin. God puts a choice in our hand to either sin or forgive, to either have a curse or a blessing in our lives. The question now is, does still, still, uh, sin still have the same consequence in our life as Christians? Does sin bring burdens with themselves? Yes, they do. You can still choose to consume pornography and go on with it and think it doesn't matter. You can have it as a lifestyle, even as a Christian. But at one point you will realize that going on with doing that, your life will have a burden on it and it will bring consequences. You will destroy your ability to build relationship. You will destroy your marriage. Of course you can commit adultery and go home to your wife and say, I'm so sorry, baby. I slept with another woman. And do you think she will answer, why do you tell me that? Doesn't matter, baby, we're Christians. No problem, honey, go on doing that. Do you really think that's gonna happen? Sin has consequences and it destroys our lives and it destroys the lives of people around us. That's the consequence of sin, that's the burden. The record of burden in our lives is getting bigger and bigger if we don't have a lifestyle of forgiveness. I wanna read to you what happens when we go to the right place with our sin, because then really forgiveness takes place in our life. And the right place to go, of course, is the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's read in 2 Corinthians. It says there in chapter two, he canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it, nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. What a great verse. 
When we place our sin, our record of burden at the cross of Jesus, we will get forgiveness. We will be set free. That's what a great news. We can stop doing or living a lifestyle of sin by being close to the cross. That's the place where a Christian lives. We can still choose to go on with our sin and walk away from the cross, walk away from the table of God, and then we will give the devil the permission to destroy our lives. Let us not go on with a lifestyle of sin, even as Christians. Let us decide to be close to Jesus, close to the cross. That's the right thing to choose because there's life and there is forgiveness and many more things. Pastor Leo will talk about what comes from the cross in our lives. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Um, you know, I like, I like the sentence you shared with us guys and that shows to me like it's so obvious. When you have an, if, you're, if you have Christians and you're in an affair and you're coming home and say, honey, I slept with another girl, she will say, honey, it's no big deal with Christians. <laughs> That's the moment you say, oh my gosh, you're so right. Sin has still an impact in your life. You can be a believer. You can go to a small group. You can read the Bible. But there can be an area in your life where you never had this set free moment where the Holy Spirit of God has set you totally free in every area. You can say 90% of my lifestyle is glorify God, but there's still 10% of things in my life where the devil has still a platform. And I love the cross because in the, on this cross is a symbol. God turns every minus into a plus. He turns every diseases into healing. That's good news, right? Every shame into honor and every curse into a blessing when we make the decision and every rejection into acceptance. The cross of Jesus Christ is for the people. They don't believe in God like a joke. It's not serious. It's always simple. But for us as a believer, we know on that cross, things can and will be changed forever. Because on the cross, Jesus Christ made an amazing statement. No curse has the power over our lives when we ask God for a transforming power and breakthrough in our life. Now comes the question, can, can a curse has an impact in my life? Thanks for asking me that question. You can read in Proverbs chapter 9, 26 verse 2. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, as undeserved curse does not come to rest. Hey, please understand, if a person curses you, don't worry. Has no power and no impact like a bird. If I'm not giving a bird the platform to land, he cannot be with you. That means if a person speaks a curse over you, don't worry because there's no impact as long I sit at the table of the Lord. But Christians, if you have an area where you still sin, not obedience according to the word of God, you're giving the enemy an entrance, a platform to sneak in. Uh, let's go into the Old Testament about a curse. You understand the power of a curse. When has a curse an impact and when has a curse not an impact? There's a king, uh, Balak. Balak was a king of the Moabites and he said to Balaam, can you curse the people of God 
Check out what he said in Numbers chapter 22, verse 6. Now come and put a curse on these people. Because they are too powerful for me, perhaps, then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whatever who blesses is blessed, and whoever is cursed is cursed. Check out this Bible verse. A lot of people think if a person curses you, has an impact. Balaam said to Balak, I can curse the people of God, but it won't work. And he said, why not? He said, they are with God, and at the moment, they're living a holy lifestyle, even though if I curse them, the curse will not hit them, because they're living a holy life, and they sit at the table of God. Then he said, there's only one way that the curse will work if they're drifting a little bit from the holiness. Then from the inside out, there is a chance. You see the same story in the book of Revelation again to one of the churches. And God is saying, the Spirit of God is teaching you and me an amazing lesson. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 14, the same things you're reading again. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. God is speaking to a church of Christians. I have something against you. Not to the unbelievers. There are so, some amongst you who told you to teach of Balaam. Who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. So they ate for, for the suit of the sacrificed idols on committed sexual immorality. And here is actually saying, it's a curse. And now you have to understand, that in the Old Testament came the same thing. And he said, I can curse them. It will not work because they're holy. They are sitting at the table of God. But in the book of Revelation, thousand years later, said, they following that teachings, they opened a door and now from the inside out, the curse starts to work. Do you understand the principle? As long as you sit at the table of God, a curse is not even a problem. But if you stand up and you're walking, doing your own ways, you are in a very, very dangerous area and the devil can sneak in. Don't give the devil a platform to rest, to sneak in and control maybe one area in your life. If you have a smartphone, please take your smartphone out. I would love to ask you a question uh, because we are a very interactive church, actually. Uh, my question is, you can just zoom in. What negative things are constant, const constantly repeating in your life? Are, are the things they're repeating all the time? You see this by your mom, by your grandma, by your grandfather. It's like a curse over generations. Uh, don't worry, uh, we will not put your smartphone, your number on the screen. It's just something uh, you'll be really honest. And at the end of the message, I want to ask God to, to just to stop that curse that you will walk out today and even online, you are set free to the power of the Holy Spirit. Also, is there something in your life it repeats all the time? Like alcohol or divorces in your family or people, they're dying very young and very dramatically. So something, a pattern you can see in your life. And then in the end of the message, we will pray together for a breakthrough 
that this curse will be broken forever. Here are is our two stories, and the first story is Lynn. She will share with you guys that in the name of Jesus Christ, we can stop every curse in our lives. Let's give her a big round of applause. Thanks for sharing. Since I was a little girl, I always had certain fears in my life. I had mainly the fear of losing someone, someone that's really close to me, so such as my parents, my siblings, later on my husband, um, and I didn't think anything of it. It was just very normal. I had always known it and I accepted that this belongs to me until God put his finger on it and had said, it is a lie. It does not belong to you and I want you to take care of it with me and to take care of this issue. So then I started praying, but I quickly realized that this was something like a stronghold that was manifested so deeply inside of me that I could not get rid of it by myself. So then I went to our amazing counseling team and I sought their help as well. And through their questions, um, it became clear that it was something that had been passed on through the generations to me and I hadn't asked for it, I just got it given. Um, and I realized all of a sudden my mom had it, my grandma had it, and I decided immediately that it will stop with me. I will not pass it on to my kids my children's children and the generations that come from my line. Um, so then in these counseling sessions and through prayer, we were able to bind it, to break it. And that was such an amazing thing. That was so great and so relieving. And um, I felt as if a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And now today, I'm not completely without any fear. I think none of us is. Um, but the paralyzing power of that fear, that laming thing is totally gone. And now I have um, Bible verses that I, that I can hold on to, God's promises that I can hold on to. And I stand on him who is greater than any fear. And he says to us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Hi guys, before Jesus came into my life, I really had a problem with alcohol. The problem wasn't that I was addicted, but when I drank, I didn't have any control how much I wanted to drink. So I just drank until I got completely drunk and I put myself and others in danger and I treated myself and others really, really bad. And I already knew then that my grandfather also had problems with alcohol when he was young, but I didn't think anything else. And then Jesus came into my life and luckily like the urge to drink was away. I didn't have to drink on the weekends to have a good time and stuff like this. But in the first half of a year, I, I drank two times and two times it was way too much. And I just knew though, man, I, I can't have control over myself with alcohol. And one time I wanted to tell my friends about Jesus and I didn't find the correct words because I was too drunk and I felt so ashamed on the other day. And I knew something has to change. And then I, I decided to, to stop with alcohol completely for one year. And after that one year, and I have to say, it wasn't really hard for me to, to stop to drink. It was hard to have control when I drink. And after that one year, Jesus gave me a picture. I saw my grandfather, my uncle and myself. And he told me it, it's a generational bondage. 
and I have to break it in his name. So I broke it in Jesus name. And then it, I knew it, it stopped. And he told me also like, you can give me your fear and the pressure you have. Like, oh, you, you will have problems for your whole life with alcohol. So I could give him this fear too. And the best thing is my children will only have blessing because the name of Jesus is so much, so much bigger, so much greater than every generational bondage. Amen. Wow. Give a hand to these stories, what Jesus did in the life of people who are part of our church family. It's so awesome. And listening to these stories, you realize there comes one point in the history of our lives where we have to decide, where we can decide and we will have to decide whether we want to go on with the line that has been going on for generations in our lives or whether we are ready to cut it through and say, I'm ready for a next chapter in my genealogy. I don't know the word in right. So it's my decision to decide what's going on in my family. So um, I want to show you, this is a, is a spiritual principle of curse and blessing. And before, before we go there, I often realize listening to what people tell they start to accept their fate. It's like I was born in a family of drinkers. You know, my grandfather was a drinker. My mother was an addict. So it's, it's obvious that I'm an, an addict as well. You can say my grandfather was very angry. He was um, blowing things out in the, in the house. So that's what I was born in. I don't have anything to do with it. You can choose to do it. But I want to show you in Exodus 20, it says, you shall not bow down to them, that means wrong gods, or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. It's a biblical principle that you can choose between blessing and curse, and it will go on in the third and fourth generation in your family. It's a biblical principle. That's why it's so important that you don't say it's just fate. It happens to me. I let it go. But you can decide today to say, I cut the line of curse in my family and I choose freedom. And it is so powerful if we do that because it means you have blessing in the next generations. It's good. Yeah, thank you. So good. <laughs> it's truth. <laughs> And now we're coming to a, a point uh, where I would love to close the message. You know, when I prepare the message and I start sharing you the story about the two mountains, I was really touched because even in the Old Testament, God is a very visual God, you know. In those days, they had no LED walls, no, no spots and nothing. And God said, stand between two mountains. It was like an illustration for all the generations to come and check out you can read in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 4, and here's a small detail in the story. Even in the Old Testament, you can see the cross and the breakthrough of Jesus Christ. When you have crossed the Jordan, set up those, these stones on the Mount Ebal. You know, it was the mountain where they spoke out the curses. As I commanded you today, encode them with Plasters. Have you ever thought you could see wherever you were? You could see the top of that 